Hey there, Seattle hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. We thank you for making Locked on Kraken your daily Seattle Kraken podcast. Your first listen of the day. On today's show, we're going to recap, unfortunately, another Seattle Kraken loss. I'm going to break down what Dave Haxtell said after the game because I agreed with some things. I really agreed with some other things and maybe had a slight disagreement with Dave on a few other things that he mentioned in the post-game presser. And then for the remainder of the show, we're going to take over uh, this account today and talk about USA Hockey, uh, what we loved about the roster announcement, and what we can... We're going to talk with some of the women of Locked On uh, about the roster announcement for the women's national team and... When we're going to get the announcements for the other teams competing in Beijing, China. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hi again, Seattle hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. As I alluded to in the open, another Seattle Kraken loss, New Year, same problems. That's what I talked about in my quick post-game wrap-up that I'm going to play for you right now. Happy New Year, hockey fans. Unfortunately, it was a new year, but some of the same problems for the Seattle Kraken. I'm your host of Locked on Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala, and a 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks at Climate Pledge Arena tonight for the Seattle Kraken. Will Borden got his first goal as a member of the Seattle Kraken, but unfortunately, Will and the overall team defense made a lot of errors in front of Philip Grubauer. And ultimately, those mistakes led to five different goal scorers for Vancouver getting on the board tonight. We keep talking about it, but something's got to give for this Kraken team. But there was some great news. We have the story of Nadia Popovici. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the USA Hockey roster announcement for the women's national team. Not so great on TNT. I have a panel of other Locked On hosts. We're going to talk about the actual roster and talk about two other rosters that we're waiting for when it comes to who will represent the United States at the 2022 Winter Olympics. And the Vancouver Canucks, they had the better game. We scored in the second and third frame. The Vancouver Canucks got two goals in the first period and ultimately got the 5-2 victory over the Seattle Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena. Um, It's been a tough go for the Seattle Kraken, whereas the Canucks improved to 8-0-0 under their new coach. And so the shakeup obviously working for Vancouver, not so much for the Seattle Kraken. Well, we haven't had a shakeup. We did see Ryan Donato return to the lineup. We saw a few of the guys, McCormick, True, uh, head back to the taxi squad. So 
We'll see what the Seattle Kraken roster is going to look like. Uh, the game, I talked about this last week, but the game against the Islanders that we would have seen yesterday, or excuse me, tomorrow, um, that has been postponed because of the COVID protocol and uh, restrictions because of COVID protocol happening with the New York Islanders. So we will not get to see the uh, Eberly revenge game, not just yet. So we'll have to wait on that. But as promised, I'm going to send you over to Dave Haxtell, who talked to media after the, the loss to Vancouver. Agreed with some things that Dave said. I had slight disagreements with other things. And then there were some things that he said that I thought were spot on. But that's more or less been what it's like, what it's been like. In these post games, especially, I think that they, the Seattle Kraken, that is, have an understanding of what's not working and what needs to be done, but the execution is not there. So I'm sticking with this theme of the Seattle Kraken being like a teenager. Like, you know what you're supposed to do, but we're not really doing it yet. I'd love for us to get to our early 20s where we're finding some wins, we're finding some victories even though we're still a hot mess, but you get a little bit of a taste of victory in your early 20s and you, you're like, oh, I'm an adult now. And then you start making decisions that actually um, allow you to move forward. Uh, we're not seeing that yet from the Seattle Kraken. I think they're still in their late teens. So as a, as a team, I'd like to see us evolve. But here's Dave Haxtell post-game, and I'll, I will break down what I liked, what I didn't like, and what I really liked. Hey there. Yeah, just another game with allowing those response goals has happened a few games in a row now and obviously kind of throughout the whole season. Just like what's the conversation right now of trying to put an end to those? Well, I don't think that was our issue, you know, tonight. They obviously they got the, the fourth one, um, you know, tonight. But uh, that, you know, that, uh, that that's, you know, pretty low down on the list, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, any of the issues that, uh, that I look at defensively. Um, so... You know, we we addressed uh, you know from uh, from last game. Um, you know, we had two that happened two uh, two games in a row, so we addressed those. Um, and and uh, uh, that was you know that was uh, part of uh, part of our preparation earlier this morning. We're talking about the other defensive things that you were looking at. What are the I guess more specific ones that need to be addressed from tonight's game? Well, you know, we we put you know really we put. Uh, you know, two pucks directly on their tape in in scoring areas, um, and there were, you know, there's uh, there's some, uh, you know, there's reasons uh, that uh, you know that those plays came about. Uh, those can't happen. So um, that's that's the bottom line. You know, you look at the first goal, the third goal. Those are pucks that are in our possession uh, that uh, that end up on you know ended up on their tape, really without a whole lot of pressure. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, those are, those are really tough plays, uh, you know, to, uh, to put your, uh, to put on your goaltender. And the net front play is, that's just a big piece of his game. He's, he's always there. He's very competitive getting to those areas. Uh, he had another, you know, he had a couple good opportunities throughout the game, you know, in particular at the, uh, you know, with, uh, right around the four minute mark at the end of the power play, you know, he was, again, he was taking a puck to the net and finding a rebound and, and had really good opportunities there. Dave, uh, obviously it's been a tough stretch here lately. I'm, I'm wondering what has to happen to uh, snap out of this and start winning some games for you guys. Well, you just got to keep battling. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's the bottom line. You know, we, um, you know, we were our own worst enemy in a couple of areas tonight. Um, and you know, I, I talked about it coming in when, 
you know, when you, you know, have uh, challenges, uh, you know, through injuries and, and uh, availability for the lineup, it's an opportunity for people to step up, uh, step in and, you know, and, and do a good job. And, you know, we have to have, you know, both individually and, and collectively, uh, we have to have people, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities. Dave Haxtell not having issue with the response goals didn't sit well with Masol. I think that is a massive problem. I think that goes to that teenage mentality where, you know, you get a win and you're like, I'm this, like, I'm, yeah, I'm this, I'm raw. And then you, you give up a goal in, in this case, obviously, or, you know, you, you foul up in, in another way. I do think that's an issue. I hear what he's saying as maybe that wasn't the biggest issue. Uh, he kind of sounded like he was saying it wasn't the biggest issue by far in this game. The turnovers were. So I agree with Dave big time, mucho, mucho, mucho. Those were a massive problem. He also talked about, as you just heard, that kind of giving up those goals and not even Vancouver, not even really having to put on that much pressure. So I agreed with that for sure. Another thing you heard Dave say is that, um, and it was Darren Fungi Brown over from the Sound of Hockey, uh, the podcast and the website. You heard Darren talk about, or, or ask, excuse me, uh, well, what needs to change? And one of the things among the, you know, the cluster of things that Dave said is that that the Seattle Kraken needs to get back to the strong forecheck. We saw an amazing forecheck from them in preseason. And we've seen little glints and slithers and glimmers of that in the regular season, but it's not consistent. Um, I also liked that Dave was talking about net front presence. I think Yanni Gord has been amazing for that. He talked about the return of Ryan Donato to the lineup, that being amazing for the team. More of that. I've talked here on the podcast before. The Seattle Kraken don't have a lot of size up front. Um, so net front presence and being gritty – in front of net and pestering the opposing goalie is massive. And Yanni Gord is doing that in a big way. You also heard Dave Haxtell talk about tightening up defense. Music. Music to my ears. This team was allegedly built on defense, and right now we're not seeing it. The defense is struggling in a big way. Absent-minded passes. It was Will Borgen a few times, a handful of times in that game against Vancouver where he given up. You're, you're, you're giving up turnovers in your defensive zone. You don't give your goalie a chance. You don't give Philip Grubauer even a chance. He was in net. You don't even give him a chance when you're making turnovers like that. Um, you heard that also JT Brown on the broadcast, I think it was for Vancouver. It might have been the other game against Calgary. But either way, he made a very great point that – the shots, it was from Calgary, because I talked about this on last one of the shows last week, talked about the Seattle Kraken getting a lot of shots, but you can hardly call those high-quality shots because they're being pushed out, whereas the Seattle Kraken are allowing, because of turnovers in, in some part, um, but they're allowing turnovers and they're allowing the opposition to get in really close to Philip Grubauer uh, or Chris Drieger. And those high danger chances, there's more of an opportunity for those shots to go in. And that's exactly what the data is showing us. We're seeing that the Seattle Kraken, whereas it was a problem early in the season, they weren't getting a lot of shots. They are more often than not of late out shooting their opponent or at least staying toe-to-toe -to -toe or shot-to-shot -to -shot 
but the opponent is exponentially outscoring the Seattle Kraken. And so what does that mean to me? On the one hand, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. We always hear that chant in uh, hockey arenas at every level. I get it. You want guys to shoot the puck. But if they're just shooting to shoot or, you know, the chip and chase, as we hear uh, our good guy, John Forslund, talk about, that's not getting it done. So I would like to see a lot more coordination happening offensively. I think they need to set up an offense. I think they need to run through the offense and really try to focus on having that stick on their puck, puck possession, and keeping possession, maintaining possession in all three zones. And when you don't have the puck, you go get the dang puck. That's what I want to see. So we have lots to talk about. The Seattle Kraken, we're off uh, for the weekend. They will return to practice today. So obviously I'm recording before we hit the ice for Seattle Kraken practice. But we will get to that throughout the week. But coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we got one of the rosters for the Beijing Olympics. It was the women's national team roster. And I rounded up some women of the Locked on NHL channel to talk about it. We're going to talk about who we're excited for. We're actually going to be joined once again by Ann Kimmel, who's very excited because she's new to women's hockey. So we're going to bring her in the proper way because you know what? TNT didn't. Oh, you bet. We're going to talk about that. So for the remainder of this show, we're going to get into that conversation. And then we'll also roll over the rest of the conversation for tomorrow on Locked on Kraken. Let me tell you about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you add Built Bar to the repertoire. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because they taste so dang good, while also being around 130 calories per bar with only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, while pumping you up with 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to any candy bar, it's not even close. It's not even close to the health benefits while also the taste. And here's an idea for the new year. Why don't you, if you've got a secret stash of sweets, just start implementing Built Bar in there. You're still going to get something that's delicious, that's covered in chocolate, that comes in all kinds of fun flavors, but you'll get all the health benefits as well. And so even if you're not a big fan of working out, you can at least have something that tastes good and will do your body good. So we want you to head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, for 15% off your order at Built.com. 15% off your order when you use promo code locked on, or excuse me, when you use promo code locked 15 over at built.com. Happy snacking. Here with a very special panel of locked on hosts, holding it down for women's hockey, we have Jess Belmasto from Locked on Flames, we have Ann Kimmel from Locked on Predators. And Rachel Donner locked on flyers. The ladies holding it down for women's hockey. We are going to be talking about the women's national team. The roster has been announced for the 2022 Beijing Olympics. And uh, we have some of us that have been in the thick of women's hockey, uh, some of us that are new to hockey, but all of us that are very much excited for what is to come for all of USA hockey in Beijing, China. And we're going to get to that because we didn't really get what we wanted, but that's why we're here. So let's start 
Rachel, with you. Um, your thoughts on the women's national team that was announced. We got 23 players that were named, eight are first-timers, and then you have, as a lot of people like to say, the GOAT, Hillary Knight, becoming one of only four U.S. women to compete in four Olympic Games. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting mix because, you know, with everything in this old guard, right, like your Hillary Knight, your Kendall Coyne, Schofield, it's sometimes hard for the newer faces to break through. And I think to have as many new players on this team as there are is really good for the American women's hockey landscape. Um, I was especially excited for Savannah Harmon, um, uh, defender, uh, mostly because I had no idea that she was the first Clarkson player to ever make the U.S. women's Olympic squad. And I cannot believe that is true, but it is. And so I'm excited for her and for that program. You know, she won two national championships there. She was, I think, in the Patty Kaz conversation at least once, uh, which is like the MVP award for women's hockey players in NCAA hockey every year, at, uh, if you're not familiar with that award. And so, yeah, she's like the one that I'm most excited to see what she does out there. Yeah, absolutely. And Jess, we were talking a little bit about New England off air before we got here, but uh, also BU has, I believe, their first ever Olympian as well that made this roster. But uh, just same question, what has stood out to you from the roster announcement? You know, I think that obviously eight new faces is huge. And like Rachel was saying, to be able to crack that roster is an accomplishment of its own. And um, especially with the limited hockey that has been played on, a, you know, an international scale and kind of getting familiar with the players has been hard and for myself included because I'm I my time is limited like many other people and I'm, I can't always go out of my way to find a stream through a ring doorbell to watch <laughs> a, a game and um you know I think uh Jessie Comfer is gonna look fantastic out there and I I think she's great and I'm so excited and Anne, we brought you on because we, again, are going to talk a, about all of the people that will represent the United States in Beijing, China, between the Olympics and Paralympics. But we also are so excited to bring you into the women's hockey fold. So what were some of your reactions to the announcement of the women's national team roster? So for me, as somebody who is just on the cusp of heaven help them jumping into women's hockey it's I'm going to be a mess in the best way possible about this. So I was really excited to hear this announcement. There were, of course, some names that I think are very familiar. I love that there are eight new players. And for me, it's fun because I'm like, there are so many from which to choose, you know, a favorite or there's so many that are going to be new information, new people to talk about, new players. Um, but I felt like I didn't get nearly the information from the announcement as um, a super excited, almost 
you know, almost their fan. And so that part was a little bit frustrating. Anything that I kind of garnered from it was something was um, online after the announcement. So the actual announcement itself was um, a little bit of a disappointment as somebody who really wants to open this door and like jump in on this. So that part was a disappointment. Yeah. So you know what? We're just going to get right to that because I do <laughs> want to break down this roster, especially mm -hmm. um, some players that were not on 2018 roster that are back. Um, and ooh, do I have thoughts about that? But um, Rob Stauber, ooh, that name. Um, but um, and you mentioned you're a new fan. Wanting mm -hmm. to get into the women's hockey. Yeah. Excited that the national team would be announced during the NHL Winter Classic. And then you got a big goose egg. Nothing. Rachel, what happened on TNT? I it, it was one of the most baffling things that I have ever seen. Because so the TNT broadcast cuts to Jennifer Botterell, who's at the little ponds they had outside of the main rink at uh, the Winter Classic in Minnesota. And, you know, I think she's just going to do a brief little, we're so excited, we're going to get to hear these names and then cut to the announcement. And then she keeps talking. And they keep asking her questions. And she says, oh, you're going to hear cheers in the background for the locals from Minnesota. And I was like, in the background what and they just kept talking through the entire announcement talking about the USA Canada rivalry which at this point who cares this is all about USA and these players and their moment to shine and you took that away from them yeah that was wild to me and and you were just recently on locked on kraken where you talked about your predictions for this lead hockey roster but we also talked about the rivalry between the United States and Canada in sled hockey. So could you even imagine a retired sled hockey player from the Canadian national team talking <laughs> over the announcement, the roster announcement in which eight new players are mentioned? Could you even imagine something like that? I can't imagine any of the U.S. men's Paralympic team allowing a Canadian <laughs> player <laughs> within a 50-mile radius, not in a sled, ready to be hit. It was bizarre to me. I can't, I, I truly will say, I can't understand. It's something that's been marked. You know, they said, hey, coming up, we're going to announce. But that did not happen. There was no announcement. And to have it happen in the background while stories are being told about the glory days just um it was so disappointing as somebody who was there for information as somebody who was there for names as somebody who was there for give me any interesting tidbit i am so interested to hear who these people are where they've come from you know their background you know what position they play give you know, give me all the stuff and really and truly i left that I saw picture, you know, I saw them, but I didn't have any names to go with faces. I didn't have any positions to go with names. I didn't have any idea of where they had played before, who was returning, who wasn't. So it was so disappointing. It was so disappointing as somebody who is so ready to be a women's hockey, like I'm so ready to be a women's hockey fan. And I left something that was supposed to be for them with no knowledge, none. 
That's really unfortunate. And this is something that in an email, USA Hockey said 2022 U.S. Olympic women's ice hockey team set to be announced at NHL Winter Classic. Now, just as a refresher, um, in the great state of New York in 2018, uh, the Winter Classic was held at the amazing stadium that is City Field. Uh, still like Shea better as a name, maybe if not in function, but that's a story for another podcast. In 2018, I'm a brand new hockey fan about three years into the game because of my exposure to the women's game in the National Women's Hockey League, which of course is now the PHF. And I remember very clearly that the captains of all three USA teams were present. At at minimum, it was the captains. So you had Megan Duggan, uh, that guy who used to be on the Rangers, and then and who was the captain in 2018? I for, I, 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 I think it I think it was Josh Pauls, but I would have to confirm that he has I been think captain so. for years. But I think it was Josh Pauls. Okay, so very new to the hockey. So mm-hmm. sorry to those men. I don't know who you are, but um, <laughs> congratulations, you, you did great. You did killed great. it. You, you were amazing, sweetie. Um, so but I remember I was like there for the women's announcement, and I got all of Team USA. And I thought that was the coolest thing because I got to learn about some of the hockey players. That's how I learned how Greenway was going to be like the the first black player for USA hockey, which I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, what? Again, a story for another podcast. But that's not what we got, Jess, in 2022. No. And it makes me sick. Like as a fan, it it makes me so upset because it's like you want – more people to grow the game you want people to be exposed to it and then like pr me who was like okay we're selling this product we want people to buy into this where where was usa hockey's pr person to pull up those stats that that i can easily find online me Mm -hmm. but that's not my job like there was no nothing like there you know usually it'll say like, oh, um, Erica Ayala from uh, Boston University, uh, two-time champion, national championship, whatever. And then, like, a fun fact about you. Or something. Something. There was nothing. And it was just, it makes no sense to me why you wouldn't go out there and put your best product forward. And players talk about how proud they are to represent their country to wear a jersey with their country's name on it and you just disappoint them when you don't I don't like I don't even know what the word is like not sell them but you know hype them up like this is a fantastic roster (laughs) and even for all the other where where are the other rosters on top of this like what are we doing where are we I don't even know when the Olympics are is this in like two weeks three weeks 32 days by the time. 32 days. So we're, we're coming down to the wire. Yeah. And there's no information. It's it's remarkable in the worst way possible. Yeah. Truly, truly remarkable. And yet, somehow, I am disappointed in myself because I have spoken on Locked on Kraken how I watched 
not even 10 minutes of a TNT broadcast and realized very quickly it was not for me because the first time I ever watched a TNT broadcast, Wayne Gretzky talked through not one, but two goals in live action. So that is it, true. That happened. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what he was saying. Thanks as always for listening to Locked on Kraken and making us your first listen of the day. Check out Locked on Predators. I know Ann Kimmel has been doing her best to try and find out what's happening with the sled hockey um, roster. So make sure you're tuned in to Ann Kimmel, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Predators. Jess Belmasto just celebrated a birthday and got a win over the Seattle Kraken. Now that that's out of Calgary system, make sure you're listening to Locked on Flames. And of course, the Philadelphia Flyers also recently handed us a loss, but we can be friends again. Rachel Donner doing an amazing job over at Locked on Flyers. And of course, you can also listen to Locked on Bets. We know that betonline.ag is where you are going to place all your bets, but now you need to know what to do with your hard-earned money and how to make more of it. And that's why your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling have you covered. Between Locked on Flyers, Locked on Flames, Locked on Predators, Locked on Bets, and of course, Locked on Kraken, everything on the Locked on Network is free to you and available on YouTube for most of us and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For uh, for today's episode, again, I'm your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, reminding you to hold fast, stay true, and as I always say, let's go Kraken! See you tomorrow.